Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hi, guys. Well, from the almost maddeningly now snowy Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. Coming up on today's episode, an interview. We do have an interview. With Dan's therapist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but don't worry. We're not talking about me. <laughs> Although that would be an interesting interview, too. Uh, yeah. Well. He's just yeah. crazy. <laughs> Dan, Dan. The diagnosis the, of Dan crazy. is yeah, yeah. just yeah, plain not your therapist. Crazy. Oh no, he's not just anything but. No, he's he's one of the saner people you'll ever meet, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Also, we should mention that we're now available on Stitcher. Mm. So if you're familiar with the Stitcher app, um, if you stitch, if you stitch, it's something you can download for your iPhone or your Android, and it manages like your podcasts and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm not really sure what it does. I'm not really entirely which, sure. Which is why it took us so long to get on there. Because yeah. we're not really up on the 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 ins and the outs of it. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm looking through their talking points. Um, <laughs> that They were like, hey, these are things you should mention. And it's like, oh, I don't want to mention any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care that you've supposedly won awards. Yeah. So? Yeah. I don't care. No. What I do care about is that people can listen to our podcast using your app. That's right. Well, so. all, all of your, all of you Apple haters out there, mm-hmm. or friend, or, or people or, who enjoy Apple, it's available in the iOS market. Oh, absolutely, that's true. I'm just saying, like people who don't want to use iTunes, right, to download. Oh yeah, us. which actually it's probably easier than iTunes. You think? I don't know. I I found it. I found it strangely categorized I, maybe not strangely categorized but like it was harder to search than i anticipated ah uh, well i don't know but we're there yay yay look for us there if you're a user of stitcher now we're there so yeah it might make your life a little easier that was the point so anyway all right um what have we got going on dan well uh oh i don't know if you know this but recently a major world religion installed a new head of their wor- of their religion, Dan, we said, and, and we said we weren't going to talk about this, and it was done by a woman. What? I'm of course referring to Justin Welby, the new Archbishop of Canterbury. I thought you said major world religion. I beg your pardon. <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, yeah, new Archbishop of Canterbury. Who was hmm. who was installed enthroned as archbishop? Enthroned, really, by a woman. Is that for real? They use the such terminology. According to Reuters, they do. What? Yeah. Wow. Cool. Enthroned by female cleric. Uh, what was her name? I don't know. What? Yeah. I she, thought you were talking Sheila, about the queen, Sheila Watson. No, the queen wasn't. No. What? No, oh, Sheila I'm Watson. I'm totally, Who, thoroughly, 100% confused. So what's amazing is they they don't have female bishops in the Church of England. I think <laughs> they do have female, but they okay. do have female clerics. I don't. And what's the difference? I don't. I'm just how high you can get. So she is Archdeacon of Canterbury, <laughs> which means that her it was her it fell to her to install uh, Mr. Welby as Archbishop of Canterbury. I don't understand. You don't have to. Just know that there's... That's confusing. So basically... Oh, and by the way, how this sounds just like 
the Catholics and their their guy. Okay. Uh, the ceremony featured African dancers, Punjabi music, and Anglican hymns. <laughs> I don't know. Seems probably exactly the same to me. <laughs> wow, how uh, how international. They're very festive. Yeah. They're wow. very festive. Well, they had to include the African thing because they've been pissing off the Africans right. in their communion for a while now. Yeah. And, I mean, basically, this guy, his entire uh, Archbishop of Canterbury-ness, <laughs> his entire time as leader of the Anglican Communion uh-huh. will be marked by how he handles women in, in the priesthood okay, and uh, gays. Yeah. That's all anybody is going to look to him for. Wow. And if, and if he falls on one side of it, then... Uh, Europeans will be happy uh-huh. and Africans will be mad. Oh, boo. and he falls on the other side of it. Then Africans will be happy Yay. and Europeans will be mad. Oh no! And U.S. will be about half and half. He can't win. Oh no no no! There's no winning. <laughs> this is the worst job. Somehow, in, this is the worst climbed, job in religion. He scratched his way to the top of the organization Indeed. that he's dedicated his life to. And, and now he's now he's, he's it's he's the worst fucked. position to be in. I mean, really, his predecessor, Rowan, whatever his name is, made it out literally just in time. Mm. Just hmm. just before he absolutely had to make a call. <laughs> he kept hinting at ideas. He kept, yeah. maybe we should nudge this way. And everybody would be like, no. And he'd be like, well, I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> I don't know. Well, hmm. yeah, not any- an enviable position yeah, no not to have all. been enthroned to <laughs> <laughs> but he does get fancy clothes oh you know that's all i really look for oh yeah in an, in an enthronement fun hats and yeah crook, when i when crooks. i am enthroned that's you, what i want he'll have a crook i'm not gonna little... go like the other head of a large international faith that doesn't seem to be we're not enjoying that we're not mentioning that we're not mentioning <laughs> i'm not mentioning him but he's definitely not seems he, he's not all about the enthronement. Give him some time. I'm giving him some time. That's why we're not talking about <laughs> him this week. It's because we're giving him some time. Well, speaking of another major world religion. Ooh. The Mormons. Oh, yeah. Major. Major. Major world religion. First of all, I would quibble with world religion. Oh. Oh. Not even major. I, I'm not. Major is like. That's not even where my argument is. I'm not even. Gonna, they're you, not even a world religion. What? Come on! There's 12 million of them. Half of them are in this country. Yeah, and they're but like they're, s- the rest are speckled. scattered to the wind. <laughs> I think there are I some on the threshold. moon for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they converted the Quakers. <laughs> yeah, on the moon. On the moon. Moon Quakers. Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay, cool. Um, they're a they're an interstellar religion (laughs) (laughs) well we already knew that that's like part of their theology yeah exactly um no like yeah i'm not gonna that's not the point okay what i want to talk about with with that major world religion mormonism (laughs) um no this uh upcoming upcoming general conference um for those of you who do not know what general conference is it's the twice yearly um big old meeting mm. in downtown salt lake city yeah that's what they built the conference center for some the twenty thousand plus uh capacity um uh, 
church. Mega church. Mega church. It's really it is a mega church. It looks it looks like a very very nice yeah like Joel Osteen type yeah. mega church type building. Except that it was built to that purpose instead of it being a converted arena. Right. Exactly. So, it, so it's got that spacious capacious feel to it. Yeah. But but it, you know really nice wood paneling. Really nice. Oh yeah. I mean it is impressive. They bought the best theater seating they could find <laughs> they paid they they spared no expense <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then and they made the the rooftop all beautiful yeah that's beautiful and then like, what desert garden up there yeah it's actually it's actually really nice okay. there's a really I, nice i have no beefs with anything about that building really Oh, I have a few, but I'll say this. But, I mean, like for instance, one of my I, beefs is that they make this gorgeous rooftop garden, and then one kid falls mm. off of some part of it onto another part of it, and suddenly you can't go up there without an escort. Yeah, that is bullshit. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I I agree. Bullshit, but nonetheless, um, I think it's I think it's a pretty spectacular building. Anyways, so their their big fancy building is going to be home to um, this April. Um, a piece of Mormon history. Women, most likely, are going to be allowed to pray at the pulpit wow. for the first time. There will be a woman giving either an opening <laughs> prayer or a closing <laughs> prayer to one of the sessions. One of the four general four sessions? Yeah, four general sessions of general conference. Which, which is so funny because there's never been a, a prohibition against that. Like, that's never been something that they've been like, we don't do this. And yeah. yet, it's never happened. However, this was an interesting tidbit that I found. Yeah. Um, apparently, in 1978, um, Church President Spencer W. Kimball, yeah. then President, um, and um, Prophet and Seer, seer and, and Revelator. Revelator, and all that, um, he felt the need to make an official statement that allowed women to pray in sacrament meeting. <gasps> Really? <laughs> Ladies because... and gentlemen, sacrament meeting is like it's just your general <laughs> weekly mass thing. It's yeah. not it's not a big deal at it's, all. No. And yet and he felt the need. So there must have been like a, I don't know if there were some congregations that were allowing it or um or allowing women to pray or not. I I, I have no clue. But in 1978, he <laughs> had to issue an official statement saying there is no scriptural prohibition against sisters offering prayers, um, and uh, also um, it is permissible for sisters to offer prayers in any meetings that they attend. Oh wow! So and actually, you know, be allow- they'll be allowing the negras <laughs> soon enough. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, and then let's see, where, was there anything else? In- no, that was so. That was this really was bad. this was one of the big demands or demands. The Mormons don't Mormons don't demand. But one of the big the big <laughs> things that the the wear your pants to church Mormon feminists were really yeah. pushing for yeah. and they got one. Yeah, well they uh, they started a letter writing campaign. Oh. I think it was something like sixteen hundred letters got sent in uh, from about three hundred women. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to to a, Wait a, a, minute. A, a select group of um, apostles mm-hmm. who they felt were sort of swayable. Right. That they could get their attention oh, on the issue. And smart. apparently they did. Yeah. So. There you go. I mean, that of the of the list of, of things that they wanted to see, this mm-hmm. was by far the easiest. Oh, yeah. Oh, by, yeah. by far the easiest. Yeah. Yep. Because 
frankly, most Mormons, if you ask them, probably wouldn't even have noticed that there hasn't been a woman who's ever prayed at a general conference. Mm. Yeah. They probably, because there are there are female speakers. Yeah, exactly. So so they probably haven't even caught on to that. Yeah. I had to really think about it when right. it was pointed out. I, I was like, oh, wait a second. No, I guess that's true. So this one, yeah, this this is the easy one. Come but on, it, you but guys. But it also, like, would also, like, I don't think it ever would have struck me weird had a woman no. prayed. No, not at all. It never even occurred to me Yeah, that it hadn't happened. Yeah, I guess the only issue is that they... The, the the prayers are typically offered by members of like the way higher ups mm-hmm. of the of the LDS church. Right. And so and there aren't that many women in leadership positions. There aren't that many right. positions for women. There's, there's three. Well, <laughs> there's something. also the, the so I'm sure you're thinking of the General Relief Society presidency. Right. right. And then there's um which is the women's organization. But there's also like a primary, isn't there a general oh, primary yeah. and a general young women's? Yeah, because girls girls are okay to be in charge of other girls and, and kids. And children. Yeah. That's what it's okay about. Yeah. They you, they start getting uppity if you let them be in charge of men. <laughs> you can't you can't allow that. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's pretty crazy. Oh boy, Mormons. Mormons. Well, I'm gonna do a Mormon one too then. Since oh, we're okay. talking Mormons. Sure. That uh, world religion. That world I it is a world religion. I don't know how you can argue around that. It's really, if all it takes is to be to have a presence in I don't know, half the nations of the world. Yeah. Seventy percent of the nations of the world. It's probably half actually. Then That's pretty then good. A presence. Not like like I think of a world religion as being like dominant in nations. Okay. They're dominant nowhere except Utah. They're they're dominant in Samoa. Uh, they have yeah. Yeah, that's true. Boom. <laughs> Did it. <laughs> Nailed it. Huh. So that's what it takes. Samoa. <laughs> Tonga. Delish the delicious though cookies those samoas oh they are nice really nice yeah, yeah. actually i prefer you know your thin mints mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anywho uh so as you know mormons pay their tithing yeah so un- unlike most religions where it's like uh, you you're expected to put something into the into the collection tray right you know quite a bit right but nobody's keeping tabs on you right the mormons are keeping tabs oh they keep serious tabs they are going yeah. they call you in you what is it bi-yearly or just once yearly? a year you it's typically in that time between christmas and new year's yeah you you have um <laughs> your uh what is that what do they call it your your um tithing settlement your tithing settlement yeah yeah that's right and you get called in to uh to fess up yeah basically. it's your chance to get caught up the bishop will the bishop looks at you across the table looks at the receipts Uh for how much money you've given Uh and says um (laughs) is this 10 percent of your gross income yeah yeah and then you say yes yeah no gross Uh, pre-tax people yeah this is this is and this is a big deal yeah if you if it's not 10 percent you don't get to go to the temple no. and watch the boring movie. Nope. You that's a privilege, people. Yeah. You don't that get you pay for. 
That yeah, you pay for that shit. Anywho, so it's a big deal. However, the IRS ain't buying it. <laughs> okay. So just to, so here's the deal. There's a there's a, there's a Mormon dude named George George Thompson, mm. a businessman uh, in New York. Okay. Uh, he he's uh, an LDS, but he's LDS, mm-hmm. uh, Mormon, mm. and he went to. Uh, apparently, he was a little naughty. Oh no! And what did, did do? not pay his taxes. Oh, something he didn't do for okay. a long time. <laughs> okay. How old? Uh, he, oh, he's, okay. he owed nearly nine hundred thousand dollars in corporate Oof. Ta- in 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 corporate and individual taxes. Wow. Okay. Going back years. Okay. So he so what the what the IRS does in a case like his uh-huh. is uh, they assess what his needs are. Right. Uh, and then they say, you pay everything else to us. Right. Right. So they so he had, gets to pay for his house and his food. And... Right. So he had agreed to pay $3,000 a month toward the debt, which is a lot, but this guy makes a lot of money. Uh-huh. I mean, if you owe $900,000 in taxes, you've made a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the tax assessor decided that uh, he could afford uh, eight thousand three hundred and eighty nine <laughs> per month if he didn't pay his tithing. Oh, and apparently oh. the IRS wouldn't hear of the of the argument that he made, which is that it's necessary for his spiritual health. Oh, maybe he should have thought about that when not paying his taxes. <laughs> right? You'd think. So he, uh, yeah, apparently he argued that that it was necessary for his spiritual health and sent them a. Uh, he said uh, it would be inappropriate for the IRS to make determinations of what is or is not necessary for a person's spiritual welfare. <laughs> Maybe so, but guess what? <laughs> you still got to pay. Yeah, yeah. I I love this. Yeah. This is pretty amazing because, like, here's this guy who it, the, the issue that the LDS church will have with him is that he's not paying his tithing. Not – that he wasn't paying his taxes, right? That he wasn't paying his due. That, 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 that he, that, like, that he wasn't that he was breaking the law. Yeah, right. That's like totally secondary, right? To hey, we need our money, right? If you're caught up, yeah, we'll let you go to the temple, right? Because isn't that part of the story too? That oh, he, I, um, I that he's a temple worker. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He volunteers at the temple. So he, if he loses so his temple, recommend he can't do that anymore. Yeah. So he like loses all this like status. It's just clout. in the LDS yeah. community, and yeah. that's what's really bugging him. Yeah, not the fact that he's like avoided paying his taxes for this <laughs> all this time, and now the piper is called. Right. I just I love it, and I also love that. Uh, so he sent the IRS in one of his mess in one of his things. He sent them uh, several verses from malachi uh, which talked about uh robbing god by not offering tithes to which the irs responded with render unto caesar what is caesar's shut up no i swear to god they sent him another scripture (laughs) they bible bashed they did and they won (laughs) that's jesus himself talking right there yeah well they they must be Pretty good. That's amazing. Pretty good. It. I absolutely love it. Well, um, 
You've heard of these these hateful folk that the Westboro Baptist Church, right? Oh yeah, in in Topeka. Fred Phelps, aren't yeah. they over in Topeka? Uh, Wichita. Wichita, yeah. that's it. Yep, I yeah. think it's Wichita. I don't know. Who cares? Oh, it could be one or the other. Actually, <laughs> I I know it's in Kansas. Okay. Oh no. Okay. Anyways, um, somebody he... doesn't have his Dateline ready. Well, no, it doesn't have a Dateline. Okay. It's that. Oh, okay. Um, Topeka. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Okay, so um Aaron Jackson, he's one of the founders of Planting Peace. Uh which Planting is Peas? Planting Peace. Oh. Um, which is a nonprofit um that uh, f- has focused in the past on uh rainforest conservation. Um it they've sounds- opened orphanages. Um and a lot of third world work. <laughs> the question is, can you make a more hippie sounding name? And planting peace. <laughs> well, they have, uh, he, through the organization, has purchased a home uh, that sits directly across from uh, the Westboro Baptist Church's compound oh. um, in Topeka, Kansas. Oh, good. So he can go to church. No. Oh. So that he can paint the house the color of the gay pride flag. <laughs> <laughs> and set it up as the Equality House. Oh. Um, and Westboro Baptist Church, for those of you who may not be fully uh, familiar with them, they're the ones that go and they uh, picket at uh, soldiers' funerals. Um, they have a the, they they say that America has a pro-gay, anti-God agenda, mm-hmm. which if only I know, um, right? And uh, but they they go to uh, pride parades and protest. Uh, they're the God hates fags them. guys. They're the gods. God hates fags. Yep. Um, they, they've been to, uh, Sandy Hook Memorial <laughs> Services. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, Oh no, I think they skipped those. They ended up skipping them. Oh. Didn't they? They, I were, they were this scared. Are... Away, they were scared away from the Sandy Hook thing by Anonymous, the group of hackers who figured out where they were staying and made, well, made everybody know and stuff. I don't know. Anyway, I don't, I don't know mean, about I'm that. sorry. I don't mean to it, dispute. I'm just, I'm referencing an article that says that they... Were. Okay. okay. At, they anyways. were planning on it. I know okay. that. Well, I would not uh, be surprised to find out that a journalist got a fact or detail wrong. Yeah, so, indeed. indeed. Um, anyways, um, so they purchased the house for roughly $83,000, and they're going to be setting up a, a place for volunteers to live mm. um, who are going to be working on sort of uh, gay uh, rights activism. I, you know... I, okay, so the initial move is funny, right? You buy the house right across gets, the street. Get some good attention. You pi- you paint it mm-hmm. rainbow colors, and ev- of course you're 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 playing Westboro's game, and you're mm-hmm. getting the national news. Yeah, great. Does anybody really want to live across the street from Fred Phelps and the? I mean, like, what what do you do? I guess you, you know what you do. You get lawn furniture, uh-huh. and you you pour yourself a mimosa. <laughs> And you sit out and you watch every all of them pour into church and you laugh and you shout at them, I guess. Yeah, well, or or you play really loud ABBA. I think what you're doing, I think what what their plan here is to do is to is to insert themselves into the Westboro Baptist narrative, right? Yeah. So that when there are stories being reported on, and there are news crews out getting B roll, right, of the 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 church. 
there's this other thing right across the street mm-hmm. that is active and that right. is responding to Westboro Baptist Church. Sure. It's actually, it's kind of savvy in a way. Absolutely. They're, I think... they're just using geography as a means to yeah. really insert their narrative. Yeah, and, I, and I, I, I think I, so. I think, it's, I think it's fairly smart. But what's also kind of nuts is that the Westboro Baptist folk all kind of live in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says that he's seen a number of them out for walks. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that he actually um, ended up chatting with Shirley Phelps, oh, who's <laughs> a she, daughter of yeah. Fred Phelps and one of the uh, church's main spokespersons. Um, and she was out on her four-wheeler. <laughs> so not, not for a walk. <laughs> Uh, he, patrolling <laughs> and he says uh, he says that he yelled out to her and her husband hey guys how are you and uh, they responded oh we're good how are you and they had a short conversation he says that she was extremely nice um she made a joke he doesn't say what the joke was and we all laughed uh and how many fags does it take to screw in a light bulb it doesn't matter god hates him <laughs> that's my phelps joke oh that's that's good really good um and uh and he says it's the craziest thing and it really throws you off because she's the type of woman who calls you hun and darling she's very southern it's like aren't you the lady that's supposed to be casting me into hell it's truly mind-boggling but i can't say anything personally bad about her because she was kind to me and she made me laugh she she'd probably be fun to hang out with <laughs> okay you know what maybe she should be fun to hang out maybe with. on our on our road trip I think we should. I was thinking we should. We should visit this house. I think we have to. Let's try and contact that guy and see if see if he'll let us just hang out for a while. And yeah, I think it's. I think that's maybe we do the lawn chair idea, and we'll all just sit out on their porch and (laughs) drink. Well, it's a southern trip. Maybe we need to drink a mint julep or something. There you go. I think that'd be fun. Well, that's nice. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take us from Topeka to. Atlanta. Hotlanta, they call it, mm. because it gets stupid hot there. Oh. Is that why they call it Hotlanta? It's gross. Have you really? been there ever no. in the summertime? No. Ugh. It's gross. Yeah. It's so humid and so hot, and you're just yeah. like, why am I here? Yeah. It's what hail, it's what hail feels like. Mm. Feels like hail. Mm. Anyway, um, I, so there was a new uh, study... That was published in an, in the academic journal Theoretical Criminology. Mm. Uh, this is about, uh, uh, you know, religion in the prisons. Oh. Now, for the longest time, uh, prisons have worked with religious uh, mm. groups and mm. religious leaders mm. to try and, uh, you know, bring the criminals to religion. Bring mm. them back to God. You know, it's, uh, yeah, because religion... It can be a real um, positive force in someone's life, I think. Right, right. And I, I think it's clear and obvious, without seeing any data, I think we can state <laughs> very obviously that religion will, you know, if accepted by by a, a prisoner, will stop them from committing crimes. It has a reformative effect. Yes. Correct. Mm-hmm. Except not. What? No, what? this study. No. <laughs> this study. No. You'll be shocked to no. learn. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear it, Dan. <laughs> oh. I, I already know the answer to this. Right. I already know because Jesus saves, and 
Yeah. And all of that. Yeah. No, what Jesus does is uh, just makes... Apparently, so they interviewed 48 people, uh, hardcore street offenders in and around Atlanta, Mm -hmm. uh, in hopes of determining what effect, if any, religion has on their behavior. 45 of the 48 were religious. Oh, okay. All right. Turns out that doesn't really stop anybody from committing crimes. Really? Yeah. As it turns out, um, what it does do is uh, come up with some creative explanations as to why it's okay for them to commit crimes. <laughs> oh, no. Um, some more creative than others, oh, I'll admit. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll, do you I'll, have some examples? Yes, I'll read a few quotations. Okay. This All will right. be fun. Um, you'll forgive if I don't do the dialect. Oh. If I, these are written in dialect. Uh, I'll try to avoid actually mimicking that dialect. Okay. Um, this is from an 18-year-old thief named who calls himself Q, I okay. guess. Okay. Uh, hmm. He said, Star Trek? He, right? <laughs> he said, I believe in God and the Bible and stuff. I believe in Christmas and, uh, you know, the commitments and whatnot. You mean the commandments? Yeah, that. I believe in that. Can oh. you Can you name any of them? Ah, uh, well, I don't know. Like, don't steal and uh, don't cheat and shit like that. Um, I can't remember don't the cheat. rest. <laughs> don't cheat. Aww. So, so clearly he was not. He was not inspired by religion. Well, the problem that I see here isn't so much. That's a lack of education. It is that exactly is. right. That's exactly where I was going to go. Here's, but here's another. Here's here's cool. Mm. A drug dealer, 25-year-old drug dealer called Cool. Cool. Okay. Who says, uh, and also another thing is this. If you, do some wrong, if you do some wrong to another bad person, like if I go rob a dope dealer or a, or a molester or something, then it don't count against me because it's like I'm giving punishment to them for Jesus. <laughs> That's God's will. Oh, you molested some kids? Well, now I'm sending cool to your house to get your ass. Wow. Mm-hmm. There you wow. go. See? Okay, a that little, makes sense. A little stronger. That makes sense. That's uh, a little stronger. That, 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 yeah. Um, uh, yes. That's some... not bad. One one guy in, said, uh, quote, God has to forgive everyone, even if they don't believe in him. So, you know, <laughs> if God has to forgive you, you can do whatever you want. Wow. I think he's just waiting to the right moment to, to repent. Yeah. You know, uh, get it all under, get it all that, done. That, that's when you do a good deathbed. A, t- a 23 you, you, you year get old. shot, you're like, oh, Jesus, forgive me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then it's done. You, you got to do it quick. Yeah. <laughs> got to make sure you get it in right at the right under the wire. You just, it's just like, for all, everything. I, I'm sorry yeah. for it all. The uh, whole bit, Jesus. Hey, Jesus, you know all those things that I did? I'm sorry. <laughs> and then you die. <laughs> and, and, then, and then you're good. Please hey, forgive me. Whatever, whatever uh, it takes, you know. Young Stunna, 23-year-old, mm, okay. 20, oh, okay. said... Jesus knows I ain't have no choice, you know? He knows I got a decent heart. He knows I'm stuck in the hood and just doing what I got to do to survive. Oh. Jesus knows. Jesus knows. I think, uh, Jesus knows. you know, he's just doing what he's got to do to survive. Yeah. Uh, you know, who who am I to argue with his reasoning? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, a logical person. <laughs> You no, know, it's just one of those things where 
you know, they always talk about, and the, and the truth is that it would be easy for a religious person to point at this and say, well, these guys just don't understand religion. Right. And they don't really believe in real religion. Right. And but, that's probably true. Yeah. But they're not going to listen to a priest. No. That that guy's not going to make any sense to no. these guys. No. But their 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 superstition <laughs> gives them a, a, a way out. And they know that their grandmother would beat the crap out of them if they mm-hmm. don't profess a love for Jesus. Mm. Even at the same moment that they go and, you know, you can hold Jesus as some weird nebulous concept concept that you don't really know anything about the sort of that i mean they obviously have kind of a street understanding of jesus right this is street jesus street jesus you know everybody everybody creates the if 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 they're a believing sort if they want to believe in in a a higher power then uh they're going to create god in a lot of ways in their own image right a god that that somehow helps them justify their actions right. for the most part yeah right so i mean yeah i mean we, we, everybody we, does it everybody yeah. creates the god that's going to be most convenient for them yeah absolutely so, so no no big surprise the, there the god that's most convenient for me is no god <laughs> i like i like that god the god that doesn't bug me all the time yeah yeah i i, I would tend to agree yeah. um well i've got a story yeah. Um, about some folks, um, who oh, folks. Uh, who are, are some some Jewish folks. I I like Jewish folks who um have who are are this is like the sixth year I think it said of a a new sort of uh, did you say sixth year or sixtieth year sixth sixth okay six the number six with a th- with a th- okay. okay um. <laughs> It, 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 it's a new sort of Passover tradition. Oh, goody! Passover in the Mojave Desert. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, you know, okay. So Passover celebrations typically involve um, the 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 seder, right? Seder, seder. Sure. Yes. Okay. Um, and which, is, which is the mythical creature that comes? T Y R. It's a meal, right? Yes. Oh, yes. And they, uh, the the people at the seder, um, they recount the the the, the ten plagues, mm-hmm. right? Uh, right. That the, the Egyptian that that were visited upon the Egyptian oppressors, right. which their, their inclu- which included the the frogs and the locusts, and, all of that kind uh, of stuff. The Muppets, I think, were one of them. <laughs> oh, God. That is a plague. Um, and then, of course, um, they talk about like the parting of the Red Sea mm. and the Israel Israelites' um, uh, forty years of wandering in the desert. Yeah, right? that's congratulations As in Exodus. Congratulations, you've made it out of slavery. Wander around for a while, <laughs> why don't you? I don't really have a place for you yet. Yeah, but uh, you know, you just, you'll find something. Go yeah. ahead. I'll throw some some bread on the ground sure, for you sure every now and then yeah. so the seder that's the typical mm. jewish passover mm-hmm. right? um so these folks want to have a more they're, they're calling it a visceral uh passover uh where they go out into the desert for uh-huh. uh four nights and five days oh and they set up a little camp a little makeshift village um that is um centered around a tent of meeting 
um, an open air structure that takes its name from one of the Israelites uh, from from the tent that the Israelites built in the wilderness. Oh, okay. And uh, and if, if you you can kind of there's a picture of oh. three or four women around Got uh, one of those giant Torah scrolls uh, there. Yep. And they're out in the desert. Um, you'll notice the Tibetan prayer flags, <laughs> which I think is a lovely touch. Um, That's good. Yeah. They needed and that. There's other such pictures that look almost you, wait Burning a Man. I was going to say, that's Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Passover Burning Man. It's, yeah, exactly. These are, these are Jewish hippies. Oy vey, welcome to I, Burning Man. I blew that one up and it's not very good detail, but look at those folks. Those are... It's center camp at Burning it's Man. It's center camp, yeah. Yeah. Um, they, are, they are Jewish hippies. <laughs> I mean, how many, I'm, I counted at least two guitars that I can see in this very low-res photo. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you think that instead of, like, somebody walking around with a didgeridoo, there's somebody <laughs> walking around with, like, a klezmer clarinet playing it at people? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, but anyways, the, uh, uh, Shabbat in the desert is, uh, respected as it would be, um, in any observant Jewish home there, no fires can be lit. Oh. Um, and, uh, the camp's generator is turned off. Um, and, uh, all meals are kosher. Um, but also because it's a, let's face it, they're hippies. Um, there's also, um, the food is organic, local, and sustainable. Doy. <laughs> According to their website. Well, obviously. <laughs> and I'm sure that there are plenty of vegan Jews there as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and of course there are sing-alongs and meditation circles, group prayer, and yoga. <laughs> and women, this is important, this is amazing, women can retreat to a red tent if they like. <laughs> Just as the ancient Israelite women oh did my God. during their menstrual period. Oh my God! <laughs> They're going Leviticus on this shit. Oh yeah! Wow! Hippie Leviticus, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Why? But it's, it, why would they do that? Because it's it's probably not like it's, the women probably don't have to go, and it's probably not even like uh, well, if you're menstruating, go to the red tent. <laughs> it's it's like it's probably just. Kind of like the woman's corner, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. That's but... just crazy to me. I mean, it, it. I mean, in Leviticus, let's be clear. It states unequivocally that women, for their period during their period of uncleanness, mm -hmm. are to go to a separate tent. Oh yeah, for the week. Oh yeah, and that men can't sit in a chair that a woman has sat in while she's on a rag, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So do you think there are hippies that are like, um, I can't sit on her pillow because I think she might be supposed to be in the red tent. Yeah. And uh, she sat on it. Yeah. We should probably, why don't, why don't you take this with you to the red tent when you yeah. go? Yeah. Because uh, your tuffet is now contaminated. <laughs> That's a contaminated tuffet. Yeah. That's Super amazing. fun, right? Yeah. That's crazy talk. Yeah. Ugh, the people and their things <laughs> that they do. <laughs> I, the, you know, the thing about it that kills me more than anything were the Tibetan prayer flags. <laughs> it was the, yeah, and then the, and they're doing their yoga, yeah. and they're they they don't give a shit. 
It's just a retreat. It's just it's a, a fun thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. But they say, I mean, they do say that they, they, they take walks, solitary walks, like mm. Moses did. Mm. Um, and, and I don't know. It would be the, fun to find out where they is, are but... and build like a burning bush. <laughs> Like a fake bush that's like that like continually burns up on a up on a hill near them. Yeah, yeah. Just like get it like a gas thing. Yeah. Just get that going. Oh yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> get just... a speaker system around it so that when Moses. Someone... <laughs> Actually my name's Moshe, but okay. <laughs> Sorry, Moshe. Oh God. Anyways, remove thy shoes from off thy feet. Well, okay, you're not wearing shoes. You're a hippie. But you can remove thy Birkenstock. Yeah, re- <laughs> <laughs> Stop dancing and quit beating that drum for a minute. I've got some stuff I want to tell you. <laughs> All right. Well, Facebook.com slash TGI Atheist is a good way to... Follow us. Yeah, yeah. You can like us. You can do, yeah, sure. Yeah. You can email us. That's podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. Yep. We're going to take a quick break. Um, and we're going to hear some uh, some glim back. Some, some prognosticating. Glo- dude, the dude, prophesy, Glenn, prophesy. The <laughs> world is on fire, or about to be. There is going to be a new axis and new allied powers. Um, Do you remember the old alignment from World War II? That was the axis power, the the evil power. And then this was the ones that fought against it in, in World War II. I will tell you that, make this prediction out loud, in the next five years, there will be a... Um, a country in Europe that is run by the Nazis. Five years ago, I said that, hey, the Nazis were going to come up. That was crazy. Now, I'll tell you, within five years, and I think it'll be sooner than that, a country will be a part of this again. <laughs> it's like, it's the Nazis? Yeah, they're coming. <laughs> they're co- I, the thing is, you know that... He, he wants to sound like he has a specific country in mind. Yeah. That he knows. I don't think he does. No. He's being intentionally vague. He just doesn't know. Yeah. I, uh, I tell <laughs> because you Because he doesn't. Yeah. Because he doesn't know. I mean, his prediction is completely 100% worthless. So your sense of it is that he, he puts it... F- Close enough that it sounds really immediate, right? But far enough out that nobody's going to remember to call him on it. And if anybody does, or if any country happens to go any direction other than like one hundred percent, just he'll just say mainline. France or Sweden, right? The he because I read this thing a while back, and I wish I could remember where it was. But this <laughs> this idiot was trying to claim that communism, it, that, that what 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 we what. They were referring to as Nazism back in the 40s. Right. Was what we would call communism today. <laughs> and it was just like, no. No sense at no, all that it's actually the opposite end no. of, the, of this political spectrum. Yeah. They, and, they were, they, that, and that's what they were saying is that – actually, what they're saying is that it was, it's not a, a, a far right. Like, <laughs> like uh, political ideology. Not at all. Because no. they're, like, they're like, well, how – we're on the right. How could we possibly be on the same side of the political spectrum as the Nazis? Right, exactly. And it's like, 
Uh, nope, that's no, where you are. That's, that's what it is. You take it all the way that's totally to the right, and you're Nazis. What it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, good Lord, they're stupid. Because <laughs> it's called fascism. Yeah. Folks. Yeah. Hey, uh, now, now, it is one possibility. I mean, Berlusconi is a neo-fascist. <laughs> Berlusconi? And he's, he's been, and he's, the you know, been at the top of Italy for, on and off for... A while. A long while. He's, he's, and so, like, but at the same time, the Italian people, I mean, they don't, they're not neo. I mean, it's so no, weird. No. I think, and, but, I think but you can't claim Nazis unless they're trying to take over under other countries. Right. I think, I think. So he's not even, like, a, saying Nazism, like, was, was fascism. You you can't even cla- you can't even claim Nazis unless they've got like a big scape- scapegoat group that they're trying to force out. Okay, so that that's I've, what that's I your... feel like. I okay. I mean, th- this is not their their political agenda, but Nazism like you can say like national socialism or whatever you can call yeah. it any any number of things. But if you say Nazis, I got to see some of that good old fashioned evil coming hmm. through. Okay. Okay, that's what I said. You think that's what he's calling for? He's calling for he said Hitler, Hitler esque leader. I think we need to look charismatic f- leader who sure. scapegoats a group and, but also is like fascist and. I think I think people like him miss the good old fashioned good versus evil thing. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I think he wants evil. Mm. He get that way. He gets to present himself and us, the good old U.S. of A., as the good guys. Yeah, and by us, I mean only the conservatives in the U.S. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Anywho, hmm. hey, uh, we have a couple donors. I want to thank. Oh, let's do. Yeah, we got a couple of really fun. Uh, <laughs> Camille, uh, who is who is a broke graduate student, still gave us a donation. Thank you, Camille. And it was in the amount of $6.66. Well, thanks even more. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Look, we're, we're literally like anything you can give, we are grateful for. Absolutely. absolutely. And, and, and if you're going to be clever about it, well, then that's even Double more thanks. fun. <laughs> and, uh, and Anita, Anita mm-hmm. is, our, is, is also a, a donor. And, mm. and boy, are we grateful. Thank yeah, you so thanks, much. Thanks, Anita. All right, so we have that. Um, we also have some uh, correspondence. There was a good um, post that I want to mention from um, the on on the Facebook. Mm. Um, this is from Elliot, mm. um, and he sends us a link um, over to the Fox News, um, and he says a classic argument. Can you guys please rip this apart? And this is um, the headline on this is atheism is a religion too. Oh, that yeah. that chestnut. That one. Where it's like, um, how exactly does atheism... Well, well this, guy, <laughs> this guy's argument is, is, a, is particularly special. Yeah. Because, uh, because his, his... One of the tenets, when you finally get to what he's trying to get at, mm-hmm. uh, is, is that uh, atheists also have a god... It's just that with atheists, it's the, their god is either science or reason or their selves. Oh. Oh. Oh, wow. I am my own god. Yeah. 
I created me. You did, and you're subservient to you. Oh, my God. I create laws that I must follow. <laughs> yes. I worship myself. I have a very special ceremony. You, do, you demand worship from you. From me. Of yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> of course I do. Y- yeah, you. You definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean... Have you met me? I'm pretty great to worship. Um, yeah, you might want to try it too, but you might be busy worshiping yourself. So, <laughs> anywho, um, well, I, I actually I read through this guy's argument. Is there anything else in there that you kind of want to pull up? And how you know, it's just it's all so stupid. It, it well, yeah, I get so frustrated because really there. There he, and he's and of course he starts his argument by smugly declaring uh, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, the winner in the uh, oh, and I guess the audience did too in the, right. in the Dawkins Williams debate. Mm-hmm. Which why are these people still debating? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. What, I think it's useless. It's so stupid. But anyways, um, you know, I I spent some time thinking about this actually. Mm. Um, about this whole, you know, atheism is a religion argument. And I I have a number of thoughts. I mean, I guess the, the, the most basic is, of course, um, you know, trying trying to just simply be like, well, what is what is a religion? Mm. Right? Like like how is this guy even defining the idea of, of religion? Can I point something out? Because it seems so broad to me, his definition. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It seems <coughs> so broad as to be le- useless. It, uh, of course it is. You have to go that way. But get, can what, I, I, I just wanted to point out? I, I wanted to point out that if you were going to start this thesis that you're starting uh-huh. as a Mormon, as a talk in a Mormon sacrament meeting, you would use the following phrase Webster's defines the word religion <laughs> as. The belief in and worship of a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal god or gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you'd go on and say whatever it is you wanted to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I also, yeah. In my mind, because like somebody at work actually brought this up and she was like, oh yeah, my I have this like philosophy professor and he was saying that, you know, gangs are, are religions and atheism is religion and this and that and blah 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 blah. And I'm sure the, this professor was just trying to get the students to think outside of their normal box and to argue right. with them a little, right? Yeah, um, and to make points and to back them up and and all that. I'm sure. I'm sure he was just trying to be fairly provocative, but nonetheless, yeah, we um, we have yeah, definitions. I, I think, I think for religion words. requires some sort of organization, perhaps a central ethos. Perhaps a set of beliefs. <laughs> sure. Maybe a scripture or sacred text. Absolutely. Those are useful. Uh, a ceremony. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. maybe ritual. A little bit of ritual. How about ritual, just yeah. anything in common other than the lack of a belief? Yeah. How about that? Well, and this is where I think our language is a little clunky with regards to defining yourself as an atheist or as a non-believer or anything mm. like that because it is purely a response to um it, it's saying what you're not mm-hmm. right rather than what you are right and it's, it's declaring it, it's like it's, it's like it's, saying so it's, it's kind of hard and so I it's can like saying i'm i'm of the group that doesn't own a microwave <laughs> right 
It's rather than saying I'm a you know it's it doesn't it say it's, anything we, about we you. don't have a good word that describes what what we are except for the fact that atheist does mean that you don't believe in God right that's all it means is that you don't have a belief it right. doesn't imply any beliefs beyond that right. any set of beliefs now a lot of us atheists line up on a lot of things yeah, a lot sure. of issues yeah and that's fine but a lot of us don't but it's kind of coincidence but also the, the you know the you know a group of atheists that we don't you and I align with very well who Buddhists. Well, I like Buddhists. I got no problem with Buddhists. But I mean, as far as like your view of the the, the universe, sure. You know what sure. I mean. And and as far as like your daily practice and your daily life, right? You you have nothing in common with Buddhists yeah. except for the fact that you don't believe in some creator god. You know. You know what other atheists I don't necessarily align with very well? Who? North Koreans. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, how could you possibly say that all of that? Is now some new world religion. Right. Yeah, because we all believe all the same thing. Because you know what I believe by the fact that I said I'm an atheist. Yeah, exactly. It's stupid, and he's just trying trying to get a rise. Oh, he's a polemicist, and he doesn't really care that somebody has an argument against it. No, he's not. Yeah, because he's got a... I'm, I I didn't bother to read if there were any comments on on the thing, but yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's just stupid. Yeah. You're stupid. Um, it goes. It goes back to the whole. Um, who said the whole thing about atheism? Uh, the coin collecting is a. Oh, atheism is a religion as much as not collecting coins is a hobby. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's right? that's a variant on something that Mar said, isn't it? I have no clue where it comes from, but I mean, yeah, yeah. There's. It's just not. Yeah. It's not. The end. Yeah, we're done with you. What was the other thing we were going to talk about? <laughs> uh, we have a uh, voicemail. Oh, that's uh, right, Sam from Ohio. That's right. Um, let's just go ahead and play that. And, real and quick. don't don't be alarmed uh, if if he sounds a little out of breath. Apparently, he was on a walk. <laughs> I was worried about him in the first <laughs> little like, bit. <laughs> I was worried. I was like, Sam, are you okay? And then and then he, it's fine. Yeah. Hi, Frank and Dan. Um, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about what's been on my mind lately. So I've been an atheist for a few years now, but I've just, um, I've been kind of mulling over. I've really just now started to take in and process the fact that nothing happens after death. And that doesn't make me sad or depressed in any way. And I'll explain why, but just, um, so if, if you are in an argument with someone, and they know you're an atheist, and they say, well, if nothing happens after death, then why don't you just go around killing people? That's like the reaction nine times out of ten, I think. So, and to me, that's just the dumbest, like, logical response I've ever heard. Because if you, so here, here's the, you know, religious view of it. If 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 you're good all your life, then you go to heaven, whatever your beliefs are, you just you go to heaven and you spend eternity there. Right, but then the atheist view is, we only have, like, if you live really, you know, healthy and no accidents happen, whatever. I'd say like nine, eighty, ninety years on this earth, which isn't a long time. We only have that short amount of time to live our lives, and the logical jump that if nothing happens after death, you would go around killing people is just moronic. Um. Sorry, I'm on a walk right now, if you just heard that car. But that would put you in jail 
for the rest of your life. That makes absolutely no sense because that's a shitty-ass way to spend the few years you have on Earth. Being an atheist and thinking nothing happens to you after death just makes life so much more meaningful because if you think that you, you live for eternity after you die, then, like, all you have to do is pray a couple of times a day and hate gay people, and then you're good, right? Yeah. So that's my rant for this phone call. I'd love to get some feedback from you guys. Um, I love your podcast so much. It's, I just think it's one of the one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. Well, all right. Well, thanks, Sam. Thanks a lot, yeah, Sam. I think, I think nice compliment too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, the. Uh, We've heard it before, mm-hmm. and uh, it seems like the response is pretty easy on that. I, I mean, mm-hmm. well, here's the deal: I've been, at, I've, I've heard the idea that if there's no God, mm-hmm. why don't we just go kill other people? It, it, it's, it's a really good question. Though. Well, and Sam's idea because is like, that, I, that, yeah, you'll spend I, a bunch of your time in jail. That's that's that, certainly that one, one the, thing. Yeah, but that was one of the first things I had to wrestle with. When I when I first was was <laughs> killing folk, I you know I, it was just this, the first impulse I had when I accepted my atheism <laughs> was to go kill some people. Yeah, you, why why wouldn't you go out and kill? I mean, doesn't that make sense? It's just like, wait, do, should I murder now? Is that what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> no. What's funny is, it I I think I can confidently say that for most atheists, as for most humans. Mm-hmm. It doesn't occur to you to kill people. Exactly. It's just exactly. Not, I mean, it far from being just deterred by the concept of prison. Yeah. Which I mean, that's a valid thing. You don't want to spend your limited a life, you know, stuck in a cell. And that might work for some people. Sure. But it's like mo- I, I I agree with you. Most people, I don't even think the the the, the punishment is what factors into not at their all. decision not to kill. Well, I mean, here's what we do know. We know that there are biological, genetic programmings mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that are their DNA level pro, uh, programs in our, in our system that make, because human beings are social creatures, mm. meaning as a single creature in the wild, we don't do very well. Sure. One of us kind of sucks. Yeah. We're not fast. We're not strong. Right. We are very vulnerable to prey. 50 of us, pretty fucking indomitable. Yeah. And, you know, 3,000 of us and you, we win. Right. Guaranteed. Yeah. It's why we have thrived as a species mm-hmm. because we have developed a social uh, construct. Mm-hmm. And... And we see this in all the great apes. Mm-hmm. They have social orders, mm-hmm. and and they stick to them. And when they stick to them, things work out very well for them. Mm-hmm. And when somebody goes astray within those social orders, everybody else brings them in line. Right. And over millennia, that kind of evolution is pretty fucking potent. Right. So you got to be you got to be wrong. You got to be like fucked up to yeah. go against that. Yeah. And I mean physically slash. Like, like, there's got to be something genuinely wrong with your programming, with your wiring, or find yourself in a place mm. and time where the social those social constructs have have broken down. Right, right. So, and, I mean, and then things start to get a little weird and whatever. But like, 
Yeah, no, I, I think you're making a good point, Dan. There's, there's scientific reasons why we don't go murdering each other. But there's also just, I mean, we're humans and we don't do this. Yeah. Moral, morality doesn't have to come from God. No. It comes, it's already there. It's yeah. built into us. Yeah. And that is evidenced by the fact that plenty of, plenty of segments of humanity mm-hmm. who were never introduced to God Right. Got along just fine until somebody came before somebody came and introduced God into their yeah. into their little lives. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it you, we don't murder. Yeah. I haven't murdered anybody for weeks. <laughs> I don't know about you. Uh, I know it's rough. Yeah. Well, and then of course we have some other email that we wanted to um, get to and yeah. help us with that. Uh, we have Paige Palmer. That's right. Um, we do here today with us. Hi. So thank you for uh, for for giving us a little bit of your time. Yeah, um, happy to. Dan, do you want to introduce Paige? Paige is a uh, a local therapist. Uh, what what would you say? A, I'm a psychotherapist. Psychotherapist. That's good. You know, if you rearrange the spaces, you can get psycho the rapist yes, out of yes, that. Yes. <laughs> oh. Or analropist, depending on your oh uh, yes your historical <laughs> background. <laughs> yes, indeed. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um. We uh, so so uh, you and I go a ways back because you were my psychotherapist. Uh huh. So that's how we know him. But, oh, and okay. that's also how I know how brilliant you are. Oh, I got oh, wow. you. So we, we we brought you in here because what because Frank and I go on and on about a lot of stuff, and we don't necessarily yeah, know what we're, we're talking about. We have no clue. Right? <laughs> like, you know, you can get paid for that. <laughs> well, yeah. We're, oh, okay. We're working on it. <laughs> But uh, what we're doing, uh, we w- we have had a lot of uh, listeners write to us about coming out as atheist, mm-hmm. uh, as Frank and I have both experienced. Yeah, uh, coming out can be a traumatic and terrifying moment. Absolutely, uh, when, when, when you have, especially when you have family and mm-hmm. loved ones mm-hmm. who are uh, who who are religious and and mm-hmm. identify. You know, you know their their whole identity re- revolves around that religion. So I'm going to read a couple of of uh, emails uh, that we got a while back. We've been saving them up for you. Great. <laughs> um, we got one from Raymond who who said that. Um, uh, I'll just read it. Uh, I'm an atheist with two kids from different mothers. Uh, an oldest son is Catholic. His youngest son is Jewish. My older son is gay, so I participated in his coming out process as a parent. My wife and I tried to make it as easy as possible on him. He has not come out to his maternal grandmother, mostly because she has told him that gays should be put to death. Uh, So he and he says, my wife knew I was an atheist when we married 22 years ago. I've always let my kids know what my views are. Um, His oldest son went to Catholic school. Anyway, the reason I read that is because we have made a correlation um, between coming out as gay mm-hmm. and coming out as atheist, it mm-hmm. seems like there's a lot of of, yeah, of well, crossover. Right, exactly. I'm as a gay man, I see the ex- and, and an atheist, I, I see uh-huh. that the experience has been very similar for me. Absolutely, so this this desire to, um, I don't know, what is it? The the you're, you're trying, you don't want to risk these relationships that you have, um, or the perception that people have of you, and and so like, how does that? How how does living closeted? I guess what what kind of toll can living closeted really take on someone? 
Is there a danger there, yeah. or is, I mean, is it fine to live in a in a closet? What What would your opinion on that be? Well, you know, I make my living as a psychotherapist, and so a big part of that process is coming out as who you are. Mm. Mm. So at any level, being known is really what all this is about. Is whether it? whether it's to be gay, or to be a Mormon, or to be an atheist, it really is about being known. And if you hmm. think about it, not being known is incredibly lonely. Mm. And it's uh, it's worse with the people that you love. Right. So to never be known by the people that you love is an incredible stress. And so it's going to create all kinds of problems for you. Hmm. I mean, anybody can speak to um, the stress of trying to fake it and to try to pass. Mm. So, you know, that's one of the things that we carry until we're known. And then once you're known, it may or may not get better. <laughs> well, that's encouraging. Yeah, I, I'm really here to cheer you up. I mean, the, the truth is being known is not a guarantee that you're going to be loved or valued or respected or regarded mm-hmm. in any in any uh, positive way. And that uh, that actually leads to something that I've kind of been wrestling with, which is we're taking this soapbox of, you know, come out, come out. It's so important to to atheism in general and to a- other atheists that there's more visibility but at the same time, I'm, I wrestle with this idea that we might be giving people advice that's actually not going to lead to happiness, that, that well, could actually lead to being kind of in a bad spot for a while. Well, absolutely. And if you think about it, if you're underage, you're living in a household with uh, people who are very devout believers, uh, perhaps fundamentalist in their worldview. They're not going to welcome you, right. uh, your, your disbelief in their way of thinking. And you may want to wait. Mm. I mean, the truth is, is that could be a, a pretty poor outcome, and you may want to wait. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has to come out when they have this notion that there is no God. Right. Um, I think you have a right to pick your time and your place, and mm-hmm. it needs to show some discretion and some awareness of the circumstances you're in. Mm. If you're a minor, you may want to weigh that question pretty carefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pressures that can ensue uh, can be pretty broad and pretty intense yeah um, you know you can be swept away to you know bible camp mm-hmm. uh, and be rehabilitated and right uh, those are painful experiences you may want to wait till you're you're more on your own mm. and you know as an adult it starts to be a little bit different though right if you have resources um you know you know you're not gonna be thrown out on the street that's a little bit different paradigm and there's plenty of kids who whether they come out as gay or whether they come out as atheist they're on the street that right. actually does happen right so Part of what you want to take a look at is, is is this the time and the place uh, for you? And really what your motives are in coming out. Mm -hmm. Uh, There can be a lot of disadvantages if you're young. There can be disadvantages if you're married to a a believer. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When when someone – I mean, it's obvious. I I feel like it's obvious that if you are a believer and – or if if you start a marriage – as two believers, and then one person falls away from that, uh, it seems like that's a very likely to create a very sticky situation. Is there? How, how do you navigate that? Well, you you have to be known if you're going to be able to ever have any intimacy. Mm. I mean, intimacy is the ability to go inside, identify who you are, and then bring that into a relationship and share who you are. Sure. The loneliest we're going to be is in a loving relationship where we're not known. And I don't mm. even know how you can have a loving relationship where you're not alone. So mm. part of what you got to take a look at is if if this is where I'm at and this is the path I'm on, 
is there any way to intimacy and being known without revealing myself to my significant others? Mm. I don't know a way to do that. Hmm. It's tricky. So to fake your way through a marriage as a believer, as many, many do, is a little bit like faking your way through a culture as a believer, as many, many do. There's a lot more non-believers out there than anybody cares to admit. We're a pretty big club. Right. Mm. So being known is uh, one of the ways to reduce loneliness, but it doesn't guarantee you acceptance. Right. Um, if it guaranteed you acceptance, everybody would be coming out all the time <laughs> as exactly what they are. And right. I don't know what you see, but when I look around the world, I see people hiding a lot mm-hmm. because it's a safe way to go. Except it's not because you have that bind of never being known, living in the stress of being very separate and lonely. So the way out of that is to hold on to yourself and step into relationship. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I think you got to decide when and where. Right. Um, I don't think I would come out in the social media. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah, not, not let the, the most intimate people in your life know by the same way you let the least intimate people in your life know. Exactly, because they're going to feel completely disrespected. And so you want to ask, okay, who do I, who do I come out to as an atheist um, first? And that's probably going to be to a friend. I don't know about you, but my own experience was coming out really to people that I trusted, mm. who, who I thought could handle the information, mm-hmm. where I could test myself and reveal myself a little bit at a time. And mm-hmm. that seems to be the way we do it. Um, but well, Frank, you, you and I are geniuses. This is we've we've said that you I feel have. Really, I feel really smart now. Yeah, I think you're doing well. Yeah, you're doing great. Uh, you you want to test the water a bit though. I yeah. Mean, yeah. First of all, you got to figure out how you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are the words that are going to come for you? Right. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't believe in supernatural explanations for natural things. Sure. That's one way of saying. It. Another way is uh, I'm an atheist, and that's almost like a club. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. kind of battering people with. Uh, people don't receive that nearly as kindly. What language do you want to use? Right. What's most true for you? But in the final analysis, you're going to begin with somebody that you have some faith in, I hope. I mm. hope you don't begin on the social media. Uh, you begin with those significant relationships where there's a high level of trust, where the costs are low, and the probabilities of being accepted are high. And then you have to move to significant others and in really important relationships where there could be losses. Yeah. Right. But at least you go into it with a little bit of practice, the sense that, well, it might be possible for me to be accepted. Hmm. Right. Yeah. But then, of course, you risk rejection. Absolutely. Is there, is there, I mean, I, I, the, I, there's no way to avoid, if the rejection's going to happen, it's going to happen. Is it, would, would you agree with that? I mean, it, I know that, although, well. I mean, is there a way to prepare yourself? Yeah. For, 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 there you go. For, That's a smart question. For, for that level of risk. Yeah. Well, I think part of what you're, you're doing is you're recognizing what your goal is. Mm. Is your goal to be known? Mm-hmm. Is it to be accepted? Is it to be approved of? Mm. Is it to be valued? I mean, really, what are you going into this for? Some people are going into it to batter their uh, relatives who uh, they felt oppressed by. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think that motive is going to be very peaceful. Right. Um, my goal uh, is always to be able to reach in and identify who I am and then move towards people in relationship. Hmm. And part of that is my goal is to be known. Hmm. And so when you're coming out, you're going to risk not being accepted. But if your goal is to be known and that's more important to you than to be accepted, hmm. you're probably on the right path. Hmm. 
And you can always ask for acceptance even though you're not asking for agreement. Mm, right. I mean, agreements and acceptance are pretty hard to distinguish for some folks. Sure. They can't accept you if they don't agree with you. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to really work with that. And yeah. that message is going to have to be very moderate. And you may re- have to have a lot of conversations before you get there. I don't think this is a one conversation experience. No, I in agree. Fact, I was just thinking about that. I mean, especially with like some, you know, you know, any number of parents out there who are believers. Um, it seems like to me that th- this could be a conversation that goes on for years. Absolutely. Uh, maybe the rest of your life with that in that relationship. You know, I'm going to jump in here because we had an email from Michelle. And one of the things that she said, she had a, it was a lovely email. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it was a little, it's a, just a little too long to be on the air, but it was great. Thanks, Michelle. Um, one of the th- things she talked about, though, her, she, is, she has come out to her parents as being uh, an atheist, but uh, she has children and eventually she's going to, her parents are going to have to come to terms with the fact that she's not going to baptize her children. Right. Uh, that's a tricky one. That's hard to hide. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when, when, when it's, when it's a third party involved, when it's not me and my parent, but it's me, my parent and my child, Mm. that ends up being a, 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 an even stickier situation. A parent doesn't have to just accept my atheism, but the fact that my kids are not going to join their club. It's a tricky one. Well, it's, and it can be such a major loss. I mean, we, we have people who have multiple generations in their religious tradition. Um, mm. They feel a tremendous investment in it. They absolutely love and adore you. They want the best for you, not just now, but for eternity. Mm-hmm. And their notion is that is best served by being a true believer. Mm-hmm. So they're experiencing loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, you may be wanting to be known, but they're experiencing a major loss, and that doesn't just exist for here. They imagine it existing for eternity. Mormons right. believe they're going to be families forever unless there's transgression or there's disbelief or leaving the faith. So these losses are enormous that we're creating for the people around us. Yeah. They had a notion, a dream of who you were supposed to be. Yeah. That's not who you are. Indeed. And so part of this mm-hmm. is about coming to terms with the fact that it's not my job to fulfill your dream of who I am for you. My job is to be me and to be known and to share that. Otherwise, I can't live in integrity. Mm-hmm. I mean, strangely, what we're really talking about here is how to live with integrity mm. so that we're transparent, we can be seen, we can be known, we can be experienced as who we are, not as a pretension. And mm. So for those of us who struggle with uh, a different position, uh, you know, intellectually, uh, spiritually, uh, sexually, you know, what we're really wrestling with is do we have the integrity, the gumption to live straight up and to be known and to let people vote? Mm-hmm. That's so, interesting. I mean, it's not really my job to decide whether you accept me. Right. That's all up to you. The question is, can I embrace myself? Can I reach deep down, get a sense of who I am and share that with you and let you make your own call? I think one of the things that's really fascinating about all of this is that Many people who leave a, a religion. Now, this wasn't my this wasn't my experience, but I know a lot of people who leave a religion are hurt by that religion. Have been are angry that they were duped or that they were part mm-hmm. of of something that 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 has taken a lot from them and not given them what was promised. And then they have to go into this situation where they have to go to their family and almost take care of their family 
if they want to navigate this well, you have to show compassion for what your family's going through, even though you're already going through something really intense yourself. Absolutely. It's a tricky one. Yeah, there's no easy way through that, is there? <laughs> Doesn't seem like it. And that's why I don't think it should be one conversation. Mm. I mean, this might be years that you're really looking at. You can come out, you can share who you are. Not asking even immediately for acceptance, but for at least the experience of being with your family is who you are. Mm. I mean, I don't know what your experience was coming out gay, but when you had somebody fully embrace you from your family system who maybe struggled earlier, that's an enormous victory, I think, Mm -hmm. over time when you come to navigate those waters and move into deeper relationship. Only now it's, this is who I am, Mm -hmm. and you're having a relationship with that. Um, Mm -hmm. But that comes through doing the conflict, and for a while, that's going to get very strained, and there is a fair amount of caretaking involved in it, I think, sometimes, and I think you have to decide... What's my goal here in a first conversation? Mm. You know, knowing yeah. that this could go on for years yeah. and years. Mm. It's really interesting. I know a lot of people there. We've had we've actually had listeners write in and say, you know, I think I we had one listener uh, write us an email and say, this is what I wrote to my dad. Do you think it's too harsh? Should I send it? Mm-hmm. And I just think, you know, to to my mind, he said, but you know, he's he's been rough with me. He deserves it. Mm. I just think to myself, you know, do you, I think it's what you say. What's your goal? Right. Do you mm. want, do you want to win or do you want a more peaceful, open, loving relationship with your father? Right. Well, and, and part of that is, is your goal to be known? Mm. Is it to get even? Um, is mm. it get even with all those people who you felt bad about within, in church? Mm. I mean, are you trying to rectify a whole bunch of wrongs? Cause you're not going to succeed. <laughs> Um, or is it just to be known? Because that, that's that's really living with integrity. You pull yourself together and you share who you are, and then people get to vote. They're going to vote anyway, but mm-hmm. now they get to vote on who you actually are. Mm. Right. So there's an opportunity to come together, move your life forward as who you are, and there will be losses. Yeah. Not everybody's going to accept you, and you know, it, it it speaks to the, also some of the other issues. You know, once you get beyond your significant other and maybe your parents. You know, you come out of work. Mm. For some people, that's a disaster. Yeah. That's the end of their livelihood. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have to make occupational changes. Well, is that a bad thing? Mm. That's true. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what? it's a trade-off, right? You, you can choose Absolutely. to be at work and not be you mm-hmm. and not, ha- not have the opportunity to live with that integrity. Mm-hmm. Or you can choose to find something else to do for your money where you can be yourself. And that's, that's a decision for an individual to make. Right. Know, stay inside of a system. And some people stay inside the system hoping to alter the system mm-hmm. by the very presence. They can begin to have conversations, and it's a little bit of insurrection from within maybe. You know, they start to uh, have a dialogue. Sure. Um, and in that dialogue, sometimes change can occur. So sometimes you can be an advocate for change not coming out on the inside, but in pretty intelligent, appropriate ways and preserve your livelihood, Mm. preserve your connections culturally and maybe socially. That's a a reasonable position to take, I think. Yeah. It wouldn't work for me. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. But but I wouldn't doubt it for somebody else. I think the, uh, the motive question comes in. Are you trying to live a life worth living for yourself? How much caretaking you do of others? Are you trying to right wrongs? 
You know, are you trying to, you know, get even in some way? You've got to really look at your motives for coming out at all. If it's to be known, you only have one pathway forward. Mm-hmm. It's about revealing who you are and letting people vote. They're going to anyway. This notion that we can preserve everything is foolishness. You're going to lose something somewhere. Is mm-hmm. it going to be you? Is it going to be some relationship? You can't have everything, so you start to choose what you want based on your values. And when you're living in integrity with your values, you know, you're going to have an interesting life. <laughs> it may or may not be peaceful, but, you know, hundreds of years in Switzerland gave us Swiss cheese. In Italy, you know, hundreds of years of conflict gave us the Renaissance. So I like the Renaissance. Yeah. But a lot of people like cheese. <laughs> can, can I have both the Renaissance and cheese? You know, they, they serve cheese in Italy. I understand. <laughs> it's pretty good. So maybe you can have both, but uh, I don't know how to really get the Renaissance without conflict. Right. Maybe you can get cheese peacefully. I like conflict. Yeah. I, I think it yields uh, something richer, whether it's in music. I mean, I think the best music in this country came out of the 60s. Mm. There's a lot of conflict in that music. So. Yeah. Good times really create good art, or bad times oftentimes create really great art. Indeed. Mm. So in your life, I think part of it is about embracing the fact that I'm going to be in conflict if I'm known, but my life has at least the potential to be a work of art that I can respect. I want to make a differentiation here, because when I hear uh, about living, being okay with, being comfortable with conflict and and embracing conflict as as part of creating an, an interesting and fulfilling life, Part of what I'm flashing on is something, for instance, Frank and I have been uh, outspoken against some of the messaging that comes out of the uh, atheist movement, which seems to be very driven at conflict for conflict's sake. Absolutely. It's pretty aggressive, isn't it? It's very aggressive. And it seems to me, it seems to us, we've decided that at least in large part, it can be uh, destructive to the overall message and destructive to uh, to relations between believers and non-believers. Yeah, I think being the Rush Limbaugh of atheism is a poor position to take. <laughs> it seems like, yeah. So, so the conflict that you're talking about is the conflict that will naturally arise no matter how gently you go into this. this. If you're gentle, if you're respectful, you're still going to encounter conflict. Right. Um, th- you can be respectful. You can be engaged. The question is, are you going to be intelligently engaged or are you just fighting for the sake of a position? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Limbaugh's great for that. He takes a position and he just advocates no matter what he thinks personally, I suspect. He mm. does it for a lot of motives. And I think right. you got to take a look. Are you in this to deepen relationships and connection? Are you here to further dialogue? I mean, you want to have great conversations. That's very different than beating somebody over the head with what you believe about their religious practice. There's right. just... There's no relationship in that. It's just abuse. Hmm. Wow. All right. I, th- I think that's all the time that, 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 we, ha- that and, we have today. And, with and, you, as, so. much, and as much uh, as I can process in one, <laughs> in one setting, this was great. Well, maybe another yeah. day. Yeah. Thank you, Paige. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank you. So, it was fun. Paige, we appreciate you coming on so much. And, uh, and if you can... So... It, to reach us, if you have more questions that you'd like us to answer for you, or if you'd like to have us invite Paige back, you can reach us by uh, a few methods. Yeah, you could email us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. That's right. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash atheist, Or you could leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. That's right. Thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for letting us use one of their tracks as our 
opening and closing music. Yeah. Oh, and don't forget if you wanna if you wanna be like uh, like Anita and Camille and you want to to donate to this fine programming, mm-hmm. you can do so by going to thankgodimatheist.com and clicking on the support. Uh, thing on the right side of your screen yeah and of course like we said at the beginning of the show we're now available on stitcher so stitch away (laughs) all right well thanks for listening guys thanks guys we'll see you later bye-bye